Many of the issue of prisoners' rights is out of sight, out of mind. But a recent hunger strike of nearly 30,000 California inmates drew international attention to the condition of America's prisons. The prisoners, who began striking in July, banded together to call for an end to the use of extended solitary confinement, a practice which many human rights groups have likened to torture. Now, after two months of hunger striking, the prisoners ended the protest to accept the promise of legislative hearings on the matter. But the use of solitary is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to America's incarceration machine. This country has only 5% of the world's population, yet holds 25% of the world's prisoners, according to the NAACP. Join me now to discuss how it got to be this way is Eugene Perrier, author of Shackled and Chained, Mass Incarceration in Capitalist America. Thank you so much for coming on, Eugene. No, no thank you so much for having Always me. Always a pleasure. Eugene, I wanted to show this chart to our audience mm -hmm. showing that no country incarcerates a higher percentage of its population than the U.S. What is the main factor behind this shocking statistic? Well, I think the main factor behind this massive growth we've seen uh, in the U.S. prison population, what's come to be known as mass incarceration, is, is really in the context of the development of U.S. capitalism. And ultimately, it was a surplus population problem. What you have is if we see the post-World War II period in the United States was a period of so-called rising prosperity, it uh, created amongst people this, this feeling that uh, uh, life should continue to always get better, the living standards should get higher. The Civil Rights Movement raised a similar sort of uh, the, the expectation among black Americans that they would be integrated into this quote-unquote American dream. But what we saw with the economic crisis of the 1970s is not just a general rightward shift in the country, but uh, a decision that social services and jobs programs and creating jobs for people would go by the wayside, which created with the rise of technology as well, this issue of what are you going to do with this growing number of unemployed and underemployed people, particularly those concentrated in the, the, the ghettos, as it were, the people of color, black Americans, who have a traditional a revolutionary uh, sort of a rebellious legacy in the history of the country and that sort of confluence came together to create the policies of mass incarceration as we know them of course uh, the drug war would come a little bit later providing a crucial fuel to that fire all we say to America is be true to what you said on paper I lived in China or even Russia or any totalitarian country. Maybe I could understand some of these illegal injunctions. Maybe I could understand the denial of certain basic First Amendment privileges because they haven't committed themselves to that over that. But somewhere I read of the freedom of assembly, somewhere I read of the freedom of speech, somewhere I read, of the freedom of press, somewhere I read that the greatness of America is the right to protest for right. So just as I say we aren't going to let any dogs or water hoses turn us around, we aren't going to let Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice around the world. And ladies and gentlemen, my name is Lamont Banks, along with Sam Thurman, Lisa Stewart, and Cliff Stewart, as we uh, visit a very troubling situation in the place we call the land of the free, and we call it 
solitary confinement. And uh, I'll tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is going to be a very, very serious, thought-provoking uh, program tonight. Uh, as a result, uh, Sam, as, as we take a look at uh, what's going on in this nation uh, in regards to solitary confinement, you can call it solitary confinement, you can call it the shoe, we call it the hole. And that is where trauma and horrific things take place to the human spirit mind, everything you can possibly think of is to break and to destroy the human spirit. And uh, we're going to dig into this controversial topic tonight. As here on AJC Radio, we shy away from nothing. And uh, I'll tell you what, folks, call your neighbors, your friends, because what we're going to open up tonight out of this can of, if you will, of beans is some tragedies and some horrific stories that are rated adult only. And uh, I'll tell you right now, it's going to get interesting here on AJC Radio tonight. How are you folks doing? Doing, doing good. good. And Lisa, our disclaimer before we get ready to get started here. Okay, just want to remind everyone that we are not attorneys and a just cause does not provide legal advice. You want to contact your personal legal advisor for your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause. And as always... Thank you so much for taking a little time and tuning in to spend time with us this evening. And thank you, Lisa, for that. As, as again, we're saying tonight uh, that there is a problem, Sam, going on in the place we call America with solitary confinement, and I call it the torture chamber. And this story comes, and this show comes from a situation uh, where the Bureau of Prisons director, the director, Mr. Samuels, uh, Charles Samuels stated that there was no use of solitary confinement in federal prison. Sam, your thought on what a ridiculous statement to come out the mouth of a man who is supposed to be the director of the Bureau of Prisons to say a blatant lie along those lines. Talk to the people. Basically, I mean, you're looking at a situation where you have a man who made a, a uh, undersworn testimony before Senate uh, members. He lied. Uh, in, in in most situations, I think that's that's uh, that's that's against the law. That's illegal. Oh, absolutely. And and I don't know what he was trying to cover up. I mean, everyone knows that solitary confinement exists. And for him to say that uh, the Federal Bureau of Prisons uh, does not and has not in the past, uh, as a matter of practice, used solitary confinement. What truck did he fall off of? Well, at the end of the day, unless he thought he was talking to Boo-Boo the Clown uh, <laughs> in that statement that may not have had knowledge of the truth. You don't have to be in prison. And I'll tell you right now, folks, it doesn't, it doesn't only happen at the federal level. This abuse is in state prisons everywhere across the United States. People are dying, ladies and gentlemen. People are losing their minds, ladies and gentlemen, of America. People are taking their own lives. People are unable to cope mentally. They are, break, they are breaking down. This is someone's father, someone's mother, someone's sister, and someone's brother, someone's child, ladies and gentlemen. So if you think this does not affect you, you're not living in the world of reality. Cliff, as we have... Dug into this, and I tell you what, it's going to be very interesting tonight as the prisoners now have come out and started speaking. 
against the statements that uh, director of the Bureau of Prisons, uh, Charles Samuels, made. Yeah, I mean, this article that came out today, um, it is a tragedy. It is, I mean, when you look at it and, and when we when we dig into it, uh, you'll see and hear that some of the things that, uh, that these inmates are talking about that Director Samuels denied, I mean, these are the people who are living it. You cannot tell me that if I'm living in a hole that I don't. we don't put people in a hole in BOP. Well, you got me living in there. So I think I have a different story to tell. And uh, some of their, their stories, like I say, they are horrific. Uh, we'll get into them. I mean, it, it just, it's a tragedy. And for the fact that this man got up in front of Congress was like Sam said. I mean, that's a federal crime. You can go to prison if you or I or anybody off the street gets in front of Congress and they say, you're sworn by oath to testify before us and tell the truth, and you lie in front of Congress? I mean, that's, basically, you committed treason, and they can put you in jail for whatever they want. And Director Samuels of the BOP gets in front of Congress, lies when given a chance to get out of it by uh, Congressman Booker, given a chance to back down, he still comes back and defend the statement that he said that nobody is put in a cell by themselves in, in, uh, in BOP. It, it is not tolerated and never has been a practice. I thought I was going to lose my mind when I heard him say it. Well, apparently he doesn't do any history. Uh, no, he doesn't know what's going on in his house. In his own if, house. If he, if he believes that there is no solitary confinement, he he is a worse of a director than we ever thought. And, and, and you know the issue, sure. the problem with that is that if he was an outsider, and and uh, was appointed to the top position in the, in the Bureau of Prisons. Then you'd say, well, maybe he's in the dark, and they they, exactly. they you know they they right. keeping him in the dark about what's going on. This man has a thirty plus co- a year career. That's right. He, he cut, came up through the ranks. He cut his teeth on BOP policy. He knows what's and, going on. And seeing what's going on inside to say it has never been a policy of BOP to use solitary confinement. You are confused, Director Samuels. Well, I, I don't. Or you're a liar. Well, well, well let's, uh, I'll go. I'll agree with the latter versus the former. Uh, he that is a straight lie, and it yeah, is no what doubt. it is. Uh, and uh, Director Samuels should be ashamed of himself. But what it does, it exposes again the failure to look in the mirror and take a look that America's system, all the way at the top, if the director of the Bureau of Prisons is lying and refuses to look at the situation for what it is, how will he ever begin to deal with the problems effectively and stop the abuse that's going on? He doesn't even believe there's any abuse happening, and according to what he told Congress. This is, this is, this is some troubling stuff here, and uh, tonight we're going to be uh, joined uh, here in a little bit with uh, uh, a couple of our guests. Uh, it looks like uh, William Brown is going to be joining us. He is an actor. Uh, in uh, in the short movie series, Lisa, uh, the the gentleman in the movies that he acts in, what is his name again? Uh, Ramon Hamilton. Ramon Hamilton uh, will be joining us along with him, uh, Lisa, and he actually lived this uh, solitary confinement situation and was able to portray that in these short films. That's, that that uh, Ramon has been motivated to educate America of the trauma and the horror. Uh, of what is going on behind the wall of many uh, of our loved ones and those that have been uh, thrown away by society, uh, it is it is, is heart wrenching. I'll tell you that when I first saw the video, uh, when I tell you it'll get to you, it'll it'll get to you really really good. And I think that's what America needs to take a look at the raw 
yeah. and the raw is this. America is not only, we claim, Sam, to not torture prisoners of war, but we torture our own citizens. And you know, Lamont, when Amnesty International does a report and says that the USA, the United States, stands alone in the world of incarcerating thousands of prisoners in long-term or indefinite solitary confinement, I mean, that right there sums it up. I mean, you got the United Nations that's looking at the United States. Uh, and, and when you got international human rights organizations saying that, hey, what's up with you, uh, you know, America? You're supposed to be setting the example for everyone else. And you can point the finger at everyone else and saying that they're making human, uh, 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 human rights violations. But like you said, Lamont, look at the mirror. America can't talk. America... Needs and I'll quote someone and I'll leave nameless. Said America needs to keep quiet and they need to hush because they have no right to say anything as they point the point the finger at other countries when they have shed the blood. And someone has to answer for the lives of those that killed themselves. This young man in the, in the beginning of the clip, Sam, uh, who was held in solitary confinement at Rikers Island. Yes. And killed himself. That's right. As a result, who is answerable to that action? Who put him in that hole and left him there? And I saw the video that the that the uh, reporter was uh, referencing when the cop was dragging him on the floor like an animal. Yep. What, what are you? Who has the answer? It, it is uncomprehendable. And folks, like I said, stand by. Uh, we're going to be joined, and later in the program, we're going to be joined with uh, Lana Bellamy. She is a reporter. Uh, is a government and political reporter at the Independent, a daily news tab, uh, newspaper in Kentucky, and she has been dealing with solitary confinement issues and stories. She's going to be sharing uh, uh, that with us as well, folks. When I tell you, you know, there's times you pull up to the dinner table and you may just have a biscuit and maybe a little macaroni and cheese. We got the full course here going tonight here on AJC Radio, and I'll tell you, you better buckle up because this situation tonight is not pretty, but it is what it is. And it's time that America be, know exactly uh, what's going on in our prisons across this country. And uh, we're going to take a look at that. So, folks, uh, hang with us. And uh, I'll tell you what, this is going to be a good one. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're getting ready to go to a quick break right now. Uh, and we will come back here in a few minutes. Uh, get ready. Hold on to your seats. AJC Radio visits the world of solitary confinement known as the hole or the shoe. Either way you look at it, any way you slice it, it's torture here in America's prisons. We'll be right back on AJC Radio. Let's go to the Trade Tower again because, John, we now have a... What do we have? We don't... It looks like a, a new plume. Ladies and gentlemen, Wait, now, can I ask you a question? Did you know that there are over 2.4 million people behind bars in the United States? I'll ask you one more question. Were you aware that that is the highest number of people behind bars in the entire world? The United States makes up of only 5% of the world's population, but we have over 25% of the world's prison population. America prides itself on being the most advanced and progressive nation 
on earth. However, sadly, we are also the world's most archaic. I'm going to give you a personal invitation to get involved with the fight against mass incarceration. Take a few moments to call 1-855-529-4252. That is a just cause. And we fight for justice. Again, call a just cause today. Don't delay. Call 1-855-529-4252. It is time, and I say high time, that we take America's incarceration seriously. Won't you join us? Call today. When does it stop being partly cloudy and start being partly sunny? Why is the word abbreviation so long? Are English muffins just muffins in England? Why is it called a washing line and not a drying line? Do fish get thirsty? If ghosts can walk through doors, why don't they fall through floors? Do you yawn when you sleep? If prunes are dried plums, how do they make prune juice? Why do doctors leave the room when you change? They're going to see you naked anyway. Do bald chefs wear hairnets? How much deeper would the ocean be if all the sponges were taken out? Do you believe someone who says they're a chronic liar? Why is sandwich bread square and sandwich meat round? Life's full of hard questions. Ask one more. You might just save a life. Ladies and gentlemen, this is HAC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Sam Thurman, Lisa Stewart, and Cliff Stewart. Digging into conversations tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I presume that you may want to have dinner early tonight, maybe right now, because as we dig into this horror of solitary confinement, the whole and the treatment of citizens and human beings in America's prisons that suffer great trauma. Uh, Someone's mother, someone's brother, someone's sister, someone's child that is being abused behind the wall. And these are the things that people don't talk about at the dinner table because they prefer the chicken to keep that good taste. But I'll tell you right now, this is a very bad taste on the way here on AJC Radio that America needs to be informed about. The good, the bad, the ugly. Tonight we deal with the ugly. The horrific treatment and abuse of Americans that sit behind the wall in cells and are treated as animals. And I'll I'll, I'll be uh, fair to say, at least it would probably be fair to say, 
that animals are treated better than what we have seen these human beings to be treated like in solitary confinement. Oh, yeah, our animals always get better treatment. They get better food, they get better treatment all the way around. Well, it was uh, the Arizona, um, I, what's his name? The gentleman in Arizona, the sheriff down there. In Maricopa County? Yeah. <laughs> ah, wow. Well, hey, we, we, we know where we know who he is. If I see him today, I'll know who he is. I, the Maricopa I, I, County Sheriff. The Maricopa County Sheriff in Arizona who's been vocal that his dogs eat better than the inmates. The inmates eat for 50 cents a day. The dogs, they spend about a dollar nineteen a day on the dogs. Uh, and I've seen that food on, on programming and documentaries, and I'll tell you right now, uh, you'd much rather starve than eat that. It is horrific. America should be ashamed of themselves, and they need to be held accountable uh, for what's going on in this country right now. And I'll tell you now, uh, Sam and, and Cliff, Lisa, um, I was one that spent uh, the longest I think I spent in, in solitary confinement was about 65 days uh, at one point. And, again, I was wrongfully convicted. Let me make that point very clear to our listeners. Uh, wrongfully convicted and spent 65 days in solitary confinement. Uh, and that's just one at one, one period of time. Uh, but we also spent uh, other issues where they would just pull you out the cell. Uh, I remember being very, very sick with the flu one night, uh, and they pulled me out the cell. I couldn't get to the door in time to go to the chow hall. Uh, I had the flu. I, I could hardly even see. Uh, they grabbed me. The gentleman said, well, you're, you're uh, causing a problem. Because you didn't get out the cell. Well, I was half dead. I couldn't walk. Uh, and uh, he ended up locking me back in my cell, came in, took me down to the commander's office. I, I, I'm very, not really coherent as I, as I should have been. Uh, but, again, I was very, very sick. And uh, I remember he, the, the guard pushed me a little bit and told me not to attack him uh, and said, and when I got to the commander's office to try to explain, she said, you're going to the hole right now. Uh, without reason, without explanation, uh, other than you listen to what your cop said, what your CO said, and I had nothing to say. That is the issue in the, in the prisons that we deal with in America. You don't have a voice behind that wall. You don't matter. Uh, one lady said to me, all inmates are liars and nothing they say is true. Wow. So if that's the case, uh, I mean, th this is this is horrible. But I lived it. So you say, well, who do you think you are? I'm one that lived it, and I can speak to it. And uh, we're going to speak to it tonight. And and I'll tell you what, as we continue to deal with these issues, Sam, uh, of solitary confinement, uh, I believe we'll have the research team pull up some numbers of the people that have died in solitary confinement, the lives that have been lost. Not only, uh, uh, Sam, are they doing it to adults in adult prison, they are doing solitary confinement with teenagers, yeah. with kids. Saying we're going to punish you. The problem in our systems, to, in our in our uh, prison system today, is that these COs and these prisons and the culture of these prisons, they want to punish you when you get there. Well, you know, Lamont, uh, what the population, the overall prison population is over two million, right? And uh, part of the study that the Amnesty International did uh, to give you one stat, and I know researchers looking up some of the other stuff, but on any given day, eighty. Thousand people are in solitary confinement on one day. In one day. In one day. Imagine a professional football stadium and everybody in that stadium in the stands 
would constitute the number of people that are in solitary confinement in any given day in the United States of America. That 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 is just sex. that's ridiculous. Did you say eighty thousand? Eighty thousand. Hold on a second. <laughs> I, I need to make sure uh, our sound system is working here. Hey, and you know what? Before I even said it, I checked several sources, but to be sure that that sure. number was repeated in several places, eighty thousand. And here's what you got, folks. And we've talked about this before, in regards to the IRP six. These are innocent men that sit in a federal prison who, for the jollies of the COs down there in Florence, Colorado, use the whole as an act of intimidation, acts of threats, if you don't adhere to nonsense. If you don't, if you stand up for what you believe, if you speak out against the wrong that's happening, if you say, I have rights. That's right. Well, the, the, the officers, the warden down there, all of them want to use the whole as an act of threatening, uh, to threaten you, mm-hmm. to intimidate you. Because I tell you what, I don't care how much time you've done, nobody wants to go to the hole. You just don't want to do it. I'll tell you this, at Buena Vista Prison here in Colorado, I remember that the hole was so full, there was a waiting list to get into the hole if you got in trouble. There was a list that long because the hole was filled to capacity. And there were people there that had stayed there six months, eight months, nine months, even over a year just for the sake of doing it. And I'm going to tell you, the gentleman made the statement, Cliff, and I'll go to you. Uh, Cliff, was uh, we've been reviewing the story in regards to uh, Director Samuels making the statement that uh, uh, that there are no solitary confinement issues in federal prison, that that's not something that's used, uh, their policy, none of those things. And the prisoners are speaking out uh, about that. And, Cliff, I'll yield the floor to you on that one. Yeah, there's this article that came out on Vice.com, and it is written by Seth Ferranti and Robert Rosso. And the title of it, is inmates say the director of the Bureau of Prisons lied about solitary confinement. And it opens up to say federal inmates are seething this week at comments made last Tuesday by Charles E. Samuels, director of the Federal Bureau of Prisons, in testimony before Congress. Uh, and it talks a little bit about, you know, uh, what he did, what he told lawmakers. But they said, but Samuels also claimed, and this is what you saw on C-SPAN, Samuels also claimed that federal inmates are not placed in solitary confinement, a.k.a. the whole, as a matter of policy. Quote, we do not practice solitary confinement, Samuel said. And so uh, Vice.com talked to several inmates, and some of their responses was, uh, quote, reading what Samuel said was like watching Bill Clinton change the meaning of sexual relations when he denied that Monica Lewinsky, oh, I can't read that part. But this was said by a federal inmate serving 14 years for robbery. Uh, And he said he's redefining what solitary confinement means in modern times. So not only are the inmates understanding that he's lying, but he's redefining what solitary confinement even means. The fact that what they are put through, what they go through in the whole is uh, becoming a, you know, just kind of a joke. And you talked about it earlier, Mom, when you were saying, like, 
when some of these shows that are on television that say locked up abroad and they make solitary confinement just seem like, okay, well, that's just somewhere you deserve to be. Well, these inmates are saying, well, if that's the case, and uh, Director Samuels feels like that it's a, it is a, you know, basically uh, against the Constitution to put uh, inmates in in uh, solitary confinement. Then why is it being made a joke of? So they're saying lo- no longer inmates placed in the dark black rooms with no lighting whatsoever to serve bread and water like they were during the time of Alcatraz. Instead, those who violate rules are placed under investigation or or who are in need of protection or have become the targets of disgruntled staff members are placed in special housing units. Shoot. There they are segregated from the general population and confined to one- and two-man cells. Now, this is a fact. This is not just something that somebody came up with. And so Samuel says, we do not, under any circumstances, nor have we ever had the practice of putting an individual in a cell alone while housed in the shoe. Samuel swore this before members of the center. So here, this uh, one inmate, he says, how can he get away with saying such a bald-faced lie? Of course they put guys in single cells in the shoe. All that one of these senators needs to do is subpoena any logbook from any shoe in the BOP, and they could prosecute Director Samuels for lying to members of Congress. Well, we're going to dig into that. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot stress enough tonight. Congress must act. When people at the top of these administrations are lying to Congress about something so important as people dying in solitary confinement, people not able to mentally recover from the damage that is done. America, you should be outraged. Congress, you should be outraged, and it demands action now. To that point, we bring tonight two very special individuals and who I consider a friend and a uh, a person that um, uh, that is honestly doing his best uh, to make a difference, and uh, I am impressed by the by, by Ramon Hamilton, uh, and I'm going to bring him on. Ramon, how are you doing tonight? Are you there? I am there. Yeah, you hear me? How you doing, Ramon? I didn't hear you at first. Technology, yes. where would we be without it, right? Yes, but you hear me now, correct? I can hear you clearly now, Ramon. Thank you so much. All right. And uh, yes, is, 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 is William with us yeah, as of yet? So we're still waiting on him, Ramon. Uh, uh, okay. We've been talking tonight, and I thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule uh, to join us tonight on such an important issue of solitary confinement. Uh, and to be honest with you, Ramon, the horrors of, of this these acts by a nation that claims to be about the freedom of its citizens and yet we find ourselves torturing citizens behind a cell block door. Yes, that, absolutely. I mean, the, the hypocrisy is, I mean, it's, it's beyond uh, insane. So, uh, but yes, you are absolutely right. And, and Ramon, why don't you tell the folks here tonight uh, what you do, uh, you know, and, and what drove you and your passion to uncover this type of horror that many people really don't want to take a look at, but they're forced to. What what, what took you in that position to do that? Uh, I mean, quite honestly, what what got uh, myself and, and my film production company uh, inspired and to, to act and to create content around this topic was really those that are locked up in solitary. Um, you know, this was back in 2013, 
And uh, I'm based here in, in Southern California and just up north, you know, about maybe seven or eight hours north of us uh, in the, the Pelican Bay uh, prison, they were having the, the start of the hunger strikes. And, um, you know, we basically just kind of followed that as it was progressing. And, you know, it, it grew, um, you know, outside of California and really went across the nation. Um, and so, you know, just being in tune to what's going on in our society, you know, one starts to, you know, hear these, these stories on NPR or other sources. So, you, you know, you just kind of get uh, kind of curious, you know, and like, what is what is these strikes about? You know, what is it about, you know, tens of thousands um, of people that are, you know, literally uh, starving themselves, um, undergoing force feedings, you know. So it forces you to be like, you know, why would anyone go through that? Um, you know, so we, we started exploring, you know, what does solitary confinement look like, um, really from the voices of those that are in solitary. And, you know, once you actually do a little bit of research, um, you don't even need to do a lot. Just just do a little bit of research, and it's, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's mind-blowing that this is happening in our nation. Um, it's shocking that many people still are not aware of what solitary confinement really looks like. Um, people are not aware of the actual reasons that one will enter into solitary confinement. You know, people tend to think that it's the worst of the worst. You know, um, you know those that uh, like the Hannibal Lecters of the world. Um, when in reality, you know, you can go to the shoe. You know, the, the segregated housing unit for. Um, a number of frivolous violations, including, you know, having um, content, you know, a book, um, a poster that uh, a guard may say, hey, you know, that that could possibly incite um, a race riot. You know, let's say you had a, um, a book by Malcolm X or you had a Malcolm X poster. That could be enough by, according to their, you know, their what's in their um, authority, that could be enough on their judgment to put you into the hole. And then there you are, literally being tortured, you know, and that's a whole other thing is like what, what now happens while you're in the hole um, and the, the deterioration. So, I mean, it's, it, it's insane, you know, um, and, and so it just really forced us to like, you know, people just need to be aware and this practice absolutely needs to be stopped. And for us, you know, because solitary confinement, it's, it's, it's you know, the prison within the prison, you know, to get <clears throat> real accounts of what's going on in solitary becomes extremely difficult, especially trying to capture the, the, you know, what is happening now. So, you know, if we even wanted to do a documentary, that'd be impossible because there's no way they're going to let those cameras go inside, you know, the cells, um, let alone the units. So, um, so, you know, we decided, okay, well, let's interact with those and collaborate with those that have literally experienced solitary confinement. Um, and, and William Brown, who is one of our actors, is, is one of those people who has unfortunately had to experience that for a long period of time. Um, and so we work together to show how we can authentically uh, convey to the public, like, this is what solitary looks like. This is why you can be there. And this is why you can end up staying there for year after year after year. Um, and just really trying to show that um, as, as authentically as we can to show that experience. So we started a series um, called The Whole, um, which obviously focuses on the whole, but it also ties into um, the larger issues of just mass incarceration and, and the criminal justice reform that's needed here in this country. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Ramon, this is Cliff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you've heard, uh, you know, what happened in with, with Director Samuels last week in the hearing. Uh, with his lies to Congress, um, our research team pulled up a previous statement by him in a hearing in 2012 where he says 
Uh, basically, this article in June 2012 says the first ever congressional hearing on solitary confinement was held before the Senate Judiciary Committee on the Constitution, Civil Rights, and Human Rights. During this hearing, Charles Samuels, director of the uh, federal BOP, stated that solitary confinement is utilized as a deterrent to correct the behavior of individuals who pose the most risk of violence and disruption within the prison facility. The same statement that you said, which is the misconception of most Americans. But then uh, last week he says it it is not used and never has been used. When you talk about hypocrisy, uh, I mean, this is the epitome. And standing in front of Congress, can you just give us a little bit about what your thoughts are on Director Samuels? Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, first... First of all, that is um, just nonsense. <laughs> I mean, just to, just to be straight up, it's just nonsense. Um, let, let's address one thing that I think is, is um, com- very important to this dialogue. Um, you know, he's saying as a tool or whatever, you know, used as a deterrent, whatever, to correct behavior. That couldn't be more backwards thinking, you know, if, if ever possible. That That is, it, studies have shown time and time again Solitary confinement has no positive effects whatsoever on on a human being. Period. You know, then in fact, it has negative effects that that can occur in a human and actually have long-lasting effects in a human just after 24 hours. So to say that you're going to put someone in solitary confinement and torture them and then expect them to come out of there better or corrected, you're wrong. Sorry. You know, there's absolutely nothing that shows that that is a a correct statement. So let's just strike that one from the record. Um, In terms of, you know, him stating, uh, and and I'm just going to paraphrase here, you know, that it's, you know, used for those that are, you know, what I think you said the most violent or the the riskiest of those that, you know, locked behind bars. Again, that is completely incorrect. Um, You know, just, I mean, here in Pelican Bay, uh, you know, solitary confinement, now not just Pelican Bay, actually, in, in terms of uh, all of California, solitary is used quite a bit for uh, gang members. And the way that it works is simply within the correctional facility, they look at a, at a person who's locked up and they, they can make a judgment based on, oh, you have this type of a tattoo, well, that must mean that you're a gang member. So we're going to put you in the hole so that you aren't, you know, inciting gang riots or things like that. But there's no actual due process. There's no... We have to go and actually prove and, and make that the, a legitimate claim. So here you are just, you know, re- really just throwing people in the hole at the discretion of, of guards. You know, guards are not judges. They are not attorneys. Um, you know, a lot of them are working extremely long hours, um, are not trained properly, um, have had very little training, um, are very young, you know. So, and, and, and so you're, you're giving them this power and, and, and then it becomes, you know, really a, a dynamic, you know, a power dynamic. And, you know, there's a, a really great um, film that's out now that recreates the Stanford experiment that happened back in the 70s that really showed how that dynamic of, you know, inmate versus guard and how just the way that our institutions are set up, it just forces that ill behavior by the, by the guards. It's just meant to be that. And when you give such power, like the ability to say, hey, this little 25-year-old who's had two weeks of training that, you you know, it's up to your sole discretion to put whoever you feel you need to put in the hole, you know, well, hey, someone looked at you the wrong way. That They can write you up for that if they feel, you know, for whatever reason. And, and so 
Um, so you're not getting those that are, uh, you know, so-called the worst of the worst. So, um, I mean, on all points, the, the guy's off. He's just off, you know. Um, and, and what's sad is that you have members of Congress that are representing the people with these types of thoughts and beliefs that just help reinforce uh, a system of torture. Well, Ramon, I mean, this is, I'll be honest with you, this is the most saddening topic, if you will. That we we will dig in probably on this on this program of torture. I don't think, I, and like you said, I think people, the American people, I don't believe are aware of just how horrific it really is. When we come back on the other side of the break, we're going to be joined uh, with you, Ramon. Joining with you, William Brown uh, is on the line. We're going to bring you and him back to expose again the horrors of solitary confinement. And I tell you what. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to get darker than this. America stands at a crossroad of decision tonight, and they've stood here for a long time. It's time that action be taken. And Ramon Hamilton and William Brown will join us when we come back. Hang on with us, Ramon. We'll be right back. America, settle in as we visit the horror of solitary confinement. Stay with us. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855 529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. These are the voices that prisoners in solitary confinement hear every day. Out of Arizona's total of 2,076 prisoners held in solitary, 30% are taking prescription medication to deal with mental illnesses, and 11% have diagnosed schizophrenia. Experts report that the extreme and prolonged isolation exasperates pre-existing conditions and appears to even cause mental illness in prisoners who were not previously ill. While prisoners deserve punishment, Arizona can do better. We need to change the solitary confinement rules. Unlike any other states, Arizona prisoners are held in 8 by 10 cells for at least 23 hours a day with no windows and virtually no human interaction. Perhaps the best way to fix solitary confinement so it strikes a balance between punishment and humanity is to decrease the size of solitary units. Colorado, Texas, Mississippi, and Illinois have decreased the size of their units, only admitting prisoners who need the rehabilitating experience, and have saved over $6 million to stop compromising prison safety. A 
study produced in Colorado reported that after decreasing the number of solitary units, prisoners experienced an improvement in overall mental health of the confined inmate population. How can we do this? We need to reach out to Director of Corrections Charles L. Ryan, asking him to decrease the number of solitary units. Solitary confinement needs to remain a place for punishment and behavior change, but it can also be a place of innovation and rebuilding. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. I'm Lamont Banks, along with Sam Thurman, Lisa Stewart, and Cliff Stewart, as we dig into the world and the horrific world of solitary confinement. You may know it as special housing unit, the proper uh, way that folks say, well, we're moving you to special housing or we're moving you to the shoe. Either way you look at it, it's a torture chamber. And tonight, AJC Radio visits that chamber. And we're joined tonight by Ramon Hamilton, a Hollywood director out of Hollywood, excuse me, uh, and a writer and filmmaker who is bringing to the attention of America the horrors of solitary confinement. And we're also joined uh, tonight right now uh, with William Brown. Mr. Brown, how are you tonight? I appreciate you joining us tonight. I'm, I'm great. Thanks for asking. Uh, no worries. Ramon, are you with us? Yes, sir. Yes, I am sir. still here. here. Okay. Uh, and, and we want to go uh, into... Are you with us, Mr. Brown? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay, we, we, we're here, having some technical difficulties here in, in some different things. Wait, uh, Mr. Brown, thanks for joining us tonight. I was We were talking with uh, Ramon here, and I know you guys are affectionately know one another, good friends and, and colleagues. Uh, and Mr. Brown, let, let's, let me say, I'm going to give you an opportunity to share with uh, folks tonight that have this crazy illusion that solitary confinement and the horrors of it is a fairy tale. I would believe you had to differ with that for what you went through yourself. Can you tell our listeners yes, a little bit about yes. what you saw? Um, well, you know, you you know, really, you have to look at it as, as a jail inside of a jail. But what makes it so bad is it's the very worst part. It's the the bow where the where it's only room, where they only look at you as uh, a name and number, even more so now. You're just the door. You're just the person that's on the other side of that door, and they're not really considering you human anymore. And, and I mean, Mr. Brown, when you went through that, what what happens to a person who sits in that situation, and I guess everybody is different, of when you begin to lose touch with reality somewhat uh, and trying to cope at the deal, at what point does that hit that level? Well, you know, for for some, it it, it can take upwards of uh, a week. And 
you know, uh, for others, it, it could be the the consistent three or four days of nothingness, uh, or of the the wailing of a, um, someone next door who's been screaming since four thirty in the morning, and now it's nine thirty at night. You know, sudden things of, of that sort can really drive you crazy. You know, it's it's once you're in the hole, the box, uh, the shoe, as they uh call it, you know, it's it's reality sort of kind of ceased to exist because you, A, you don't know what time it is. There's no clocks, so there's no anything in there, so you lose uh, track of reality real quickly. It is very, very difficult. If you don't, if you can't tell uh, the time by the sun going down, or even if you're uh, privileged to have a sail close to where you can even look outside, um, then you're basically fucked. You have to start. Um, you have to start paying attention to the certain things that happen inside of the shoe, like when the food carts come. Um, you know they come at a certain time, so you'll be able to start telling time uh, that way, or through the nurses uh, coming delivering meds, or you know uh, something as simple as the library coming through. You know, and that that would only be like on Wednesday. So, you know, um, it would be very difficult, you know, from a person going from a day-to-day thing. I'm, I'm already in jail, so I'm, I'm in jail. I'm, I have my uh, situation down. I, I work out at a certain time. I eat at a certain time. I do this this way at a certain time. And now I'm in the shoe. All that stops. So it's like, uh, you know, it, uh, you know it's, it's, it's open time now. So, you know, it, it, it's time for my, my brain to really begin to open up and a lot of the things that were hidden or, you know, I never really paid attention to, now they can come full circle and surprise me when there's nothing else to do. And and I, uh, uh, William, how long were you actually in solitary confinement? Um, throughout the, uh, the course of my time, because I, I did state and federal time, um, probably like around two and a half, three years, almost. And how much time did you do in federal, William, as far as solitary confinement? Uh, well, um, I did uh two stints in the shoe at two different um uh, spots. Um, one was um, I did like uh a, probably like a, a month and a half to two months. And then in the other one, I uh, almost did like a year. Wow. wow. And uh, the the amazing part of that, William, is that uh, Director Samuels for the Bureau of Prisons has come out and lied to the US, United States Congress and said solitary confinement is not used on any level. And never has and been. And never has been. You would beg to differ with that. Um, Very much. So um, there are uh, special housing units at almost all of the facilities. I mean, I can't think of a, a, um, a facility right now, just offhand, that doesn't have a, a place uh, where they um, tend to want to put someone where they feel is uh, ornery or out of control. I haven't been to a place yet. Um, that doesn't matter. 
and I yeah. that, that that there hasn't been a shoe or a special housing unit or a box. No, I would beg to differ. Okay, and uh, William, I'll tell you what. I had the privilege uh, of seeing uh, the uh, movie that you were in uh, regarding Ramon. You and Ramon, how mm-hmm. did you guys come to meet one another? And I, and then I'm going to comment on the on your performance that I saw, which which really went a little further than what most people can go because you lived this experience. We'll get to that here in a moment. What brought you and Ramon? together. Ramon, I'll let you start there. How did this relationship and friendship develop, and, and what did you see in William that you knew you had to have him? When we were starting to testing process, we knew that at least have someone that has certain Ramon? Ramon, we're having some technical difficulties hearing you. Um, you may want to adjust maybe your cell phone and see. Uh, you were breaking up. We couldn't understand what you were saying. Can you hear me clearly? Yeah, I hear you. Are you okay. Ramon, what I'd like you to do, this is what I'd like you to do, uh, is to hang up and call back in. Uh, okay. And we'll bring you right back in. Maybe there's a bad signal somewhere. That way we'll give you an opportunity to come back in. Until then, we'll continue our discussion with William Ramon. We'll wait for you to get back in the queue, and we'll bring you right back on, okay? Sounds good. Okay. And, um, William, you're still with us? Yes, I am, sir. Okay. Uh, and, 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 William, you can start, and we'll get to Ramon when he gets back with us. And, ladies and gentlemen, we apologize for the technical difficulties there. We're not sure what's happening there. Uh, what brought you guys together, William, uh, to this good friendship and and working together and uh, working together really as advocates to bring this message of reality to the world? Um, well, to be quite honestly, um, to even uh, to to start at um, at me and um, Ramon's uh, initial talks, we have to to go to to exactly where I started, and um, I uh, actually started. Very funny. I started acting inside of a prison. Um, I have no formal training. I've never been to any acting class or anything. I was at um, CMC, uh, which is California Men's Colony in San Luis Obispo, California. I was an inmate there. And um, I was there uh, on the charge of assaulting a deadly weapon officer on officer. Um, you know that charge alone could have could netted me 16, 17 years total with, you know, based on my prior criminal history. Uh-huh. Well, um, the Lord didn't see fit to do that. Um, I wound up getting uh, 32 months with 80%, which was a blessing. Um, I ran into a guy by the name of Larry Saul who uh, introduced me to a lady by the name of Deborah Tabola. Um, she was doing plays at uh, California Men's Colony. She was putting on plays actually inside of the prison. Um, and, uh, you know, I've never did that. And I was going back there to actually get a job to do some music because I heard she had some musical equipment back there. And um, she uh, she said she was in a rut. She had a guy who um, who had um, was doing a part in a play for her, but he was going to the hole. <laughs> He was going to the hole that day, very funny. 
and uh, she needed someone to audition for the part. And uh, she asked me to read for it. Uh, I never had, like I said, never any prior acting or anything. So, you know, I did it just, you know, just to be doing something for her, you know. And um, she liked it. Uh, she uh, actually uh, hired me to come back, back there and work from that moment on. Um, I did the play for her there, and uh, we started to get a little uh, notoriety. Um, uh, the, the news came out, KSBY came out, and uh, filmed some things on us inside of the prison. And uh, also we had the privilege of having um, Los Angeles Times come out and also do some uh, filming and, and talk to us about it. And, you know, I didn't know that this was, you know, I, I didn't know that the, the acting bug had attacked me um, to that point. Um, sure. But uh, fast forward, uh, fast forward like uh, three, four years, uh, Mr. Hamilton is uh, looking for um, a guy who can play a part, but he wants it to be authentic. Um, sure. He wants it to be, be, be real. So um, I believe he was uh, scour scouring around trying to look for uh, talent, and he came across Mrs. Uh, Tabola's nonprofit organization, which is called Poetic Justice Project dot org. Um, and he uh, he contacted her and asked her about um, asked her about finding someone who could uh, fulfill this role, and uh, she was adamant about. Um, me, she uh, told him that she had the perfect person, I believe, uh, and she just called me from there and just told me to get in contact with him. So uh, I had went out, uh, met Mr. Uh, met Mr. H. I called him Mr. H. Um, met Mr. Hamilton. Uh, went out and auditioned for the part. Um, he uh, he liked it, but you know he wanted me to. He, he wanted me to. To, to really, like, really show him, you know, because with, with the partner, and I play Marcus, um, you know, Marcus has a lot of issues going on, and, you know, I, I needed to get that over to the audience. So he really wanted me to to pack some power into it. So he asked me to, he asked me to, to put myself in a place, put myself back in that hole, touch those walls again. Well, sure, and I'll you know, tell you. Um, yeah, and I'll and I'll tell you when. Uh, without question, you accomplished that. Uh, it was very clear and evident to me and the people in the studio that had actually watched that uh, that that was a real portrayal of what we were dealing with uh, and what you were going through. It is it is very clear. Uh, I I'll ask you this: How did you recover? and be able to get back, at least in a positive way, where the hole didn't destroy you, because it destroys a lot of people. What what gave you the courage to keep going? Well, you know, one thing I knew that, you know, it was, I didn't have, you know, I, I wasn't gone forever. That was one thing that, that honestly kept me focused. Uh, you know, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a life, and, so I know it was somebody on the other side that loved me. And I just couldn't just give in. I mean, because it's so easy to give in up in there because you have nothing. I mean, they literally give you nothing. And all you have is your mind. Sure. 
Well, I'll tell you this, William. Uh, we're having some technical difficulties uh, getting Ramon back. Um, and uh, I'll tell you this. Uh, my hat's off to you for being able to survive uh, a situation Thank like you, sir. that. I appreciate it. And then we appreciate uh, what you're doing, what you're uh, a- a- attempting to do to educate and to bring in the minds of people uh, the horrors of solitary confinement. I'm going to play a clip for you right now, and I'm going to see. Um, I want to get your thoughts on it, and then we're going to mm-hmm. uh, give you an opportunity where people can get a hold of you if they'd like to reach you. Uh, and and okay. we will definitely be following uh, your progression and what's going on with you. And, again, uh, we can't get Ramon back for some reason. There are some technical issues uh, going on with that. Uh, but I do appreciate you taking some time. Uh, I'd like you to hear uh, hear this clip. If, if, if and Let me uh, – uh, production team is getting that ready, uh, and we're going to mm-hmm. be ready to play that now. Okay. Solitary confinement is driving me crazy. I, I don't understand how someone can subject another human being to this type of punishment and think that it's justified. It is totally inhumane. There's no way around it. You know, you really don't truly understand the impact of removing someone from human contact for years. It could even be for weeks, but it has a it has a, a negative effect on that person. So the human contact, is, like I said, we're built for that, and it's so important. And it's like it's like totally removing someone from society and putting them in a dark hole, right? And everybody's walking over it, and he's shouting from the bottom of that hole, but nobody hears him. And it's dark down there. It just drives you crazy. So many times where you, I'm shouting, I'm there. I want, I want somebody to, just, you know, come talk to me. You know, just you know, take my hand. Something, you know, because you, you urge for that, and I couldn't get it. You know, so you have to start playing uh, uh, tricks with your own mind. You know, just you know, try to survive this here thing. I, I feel though that I went through this to be here to share it with you all and let you all know. That what we're doing to prisoners and to guys in solitary confinement is totally inhumane. We're driving people crazy. And this is our criminal justice system that's supposed to serve and protect us. But we are literally driving men insane. And those that are already insane, we're just putting them in the cast. That's all we're doing. There's no rehabilitation. There's no such thing as justice in an unjust environment. You can't get there. Well, William, as you hear that, uh, what does that, what does that, what does that do to you? I mean, it, it moves me. And the gentleman is saying there's no such thing as justice or fairness 
He said, you're losing your mind there. And that's all you got, as you, as you, as you alluded to earlier. What are your thoughts when you hear another person who has suffered the hand of solitary confinement? Do you know that those are the same, the same sounds and the same stories that you're going to hear from a thousand people? Every single person that has been subject to that, you know, they, they, people tend to think that it, it, it's not, uh, it doesn't affect you. Okay, let's let's let, let's place a child, let's place a kid inside of a box for 23 hours with no book, no nothing. Let's close all the doors and all the windows so there's no light. And we keep that kid inside that box for 23 hours of the day. And only one hour out of that day, they allow that kid to come outside and breathe fresh air for the moment. And then it's right back inside that box for months. What do you think it'll do? And this is a kid. Just imagine being in that box consistently. Four corners, just just having to touch the walls. You 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 get to be so familiar with that cell. You know exactly where the air is coming in at. You know exactly the time when the nurses come. It it, it gets if you tra- you're training your mind in here, but you're losing it at the same time. <laughs> you're training your mind to lose it. Look at that. And this is helpful. Where's the help? You know what? You know what help means? Help means hurt everybody in last place. Mm. Wow. And William, I, I mean, you can hear a pin drop in this studio tonight after that. And you said it so well, but yet so wrong. Let me say for AJC Radio, I'm terribly sorry. And we're sorry for what you have endured at the hand of a place called America and suffered the things that you have. We want to definitely bring you back on the show at some future date. Uh, But our hats and our minds and our hearts are wrenching right now uh, for what you have suffered. And we sincerely are very sorry for that. William, how can folks get a hold of you if they want to reach you, they want to hear your story, they want to contact you? Tell our folks how to get a hold of you. Please, you, 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 can, um, you can Facebook me at, at, at William Brown. You can also find me through Think 10 Media Group, also at PoeticJusticeProject.org. You can also hit my email address at rwash102 at gmail.com. I am available whenever, but this is not just about me. It's about the hundreds of thousands of currently incarcerated people that's right now inside them holes, that's right now ready to lose their mind right now. Well, thank you, William. We have to, 
And uh, we Thank appreciate it. I'll stay in touch with you. Our team will be in touch with you. And um, we wish you Godspeed. Wish you the best of luck for your future endeavors. And um, thank you for educating America tonight on what you, what your personal horror was behind that wall. Thank you so thank very you much. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate okay. it. You guys take care. Take care of yourself. Wow. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get ready to go to break, but we're going to take a phone call. And uh, Cliff, who's on the line? Yeah, we have uh, Luana from Colorado Springs. Do you have a comment? You're live. Yes, thank you so much for allowing me to speak. I am so... I don't have the words to describe what I feel when you hear of another human being doing this kind of torture to another. I don't care who it is or what they've done. You are no longer a human being. These people, if you can do this to someone with no feeling and no conscience, no compassion, and do it and go home and go to bed and sleep at night, you are insane. You are not a human being. I couldn't do this to my worst enemy. I am so sick inside when I hear of this, I don't have the words. The United States has better better wake up. All the head leaders of this country had better wake up and say something has got to be done. Men Men and women and children are dying by the thousands. And you put somebody in a hole. God never made us to to be to be confined. Now, when you take away a man's freedom, that's bad enough. I'm already like it's gone. But then, after I get you behind the wall, whether you're innocent or guilty, then I abuse you, I misuse you, I hurt you. I, I I torture you, I torment you, I destroy you. That's what you do once. I, I am so out of it, I cannot believe it. I've heard of it many times and got upset, but listening to this show tonight, what it does to your spirit, to your heart, to your mind, the United States of America, you have the nerve to talk about Anybody is phenomenal. And this is evil corruption at the highest to the lowest level. This is phenomenal that you or anybody would know this and do nothing about it. You're just as sick as the one that's doing it. This is over the top. You lock any man up with no light, no outside communication. How you? How would anybody survive that? God made us to be open and out and free and, 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 and able to. That's why he made the sun. That's why he made the moon. That's why he made the, the world the way he did, because man needs that. I don't care what he did wrong. I lock you up, but then I, I lock you up inside of the lockup. I mean, this is phenomenal. And then they use stupid reasons to say, you're going down here. You put you in the hole. You put you in the hole. Are you sick? 
I'm going to make it. These people are sick. The, the, you talk about the judgment of God coming down on these people. It is coming. This is phenomenal. They want to take over. And you said, man, the reason the men must be just and, 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 and serve in the fear of God. And these people, they have, there's no fear that just do whatever you want to do. I'm getting away with it. I want to treat you like a piece of dirt, like worse than an animal. They, they care about the animals hungry and stuff more than they care about human beings. I don't care if they did do wrong. Well, not for the grace of God, they're going to no, and then when you think about the people that did nothing and they put them in there too, and then they suffer the same consequences, this makes me sick. It makes me sick, and I will never stop praying for God. God, you got to do something. And America has gotten worse and worse and worse, and it will continue if God doesn't step in and say, I, this is enough is enough. This is just over the top. I think this is an excellent show. I'm enjoying it, but I'm sick. I am sick when I hear about what they've done, what they've done to Lamont, what they've done to millions of others. That something only God sitting on His throne can look down and see all the abuse and the cruelty that man. God is coming for America. You can say God bless America all you want. God is coming for America. This country don't want stone ballistic. They're crazy. But thank you so much for letting me speak. And you're welcome. Uh, thank you for that call. Ladies and gentlemen, and Lana, uh, coming up with us is Lana Bellamy. She's going to be joining us right after this quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, people are dying behind the wall. We need Congress to act. We need America to act. Sam, Lisa Cliff, when you hear Mr. Brown... My heart is wrenched. And he said they're suffering right now. Somebody is in a dark room crying for help. And America sits on the sidelines and lets it happen. Lady Justice, where are you? We're in need of you tonight as we visit the, the, the horrors of solitary confinement. The terror behind the wall. We'll be right back. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice around the world. Tonight, a very... I don't have the words. of As we visit solitary confinement and the abuse and the terror of men, women, and children suffering in a cell and treated so inhumanely. And tonight we were joined by Ramon Hamilton and William Brown, a man 
the first-hand account of the suffering that is happening here in American prisons across the land. And we visit that subject tonight as difficult as it is. It is important that America be made aware that there is a terror happening amongst us. And joining us right now, a very special young lady uh, uh, by the name of Lana Bellamy, uh, who I had the privilege of talking to yesterday and uh, has felt some of what we're talking about tonight. She is a reporter for the for the Independent Daily Newspaper there in Kentucky. And Lana, how are you tonight? Lana, are you there? Uh, yes. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing? We're doing well. And thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and joining us and uh, I don't know how much of the program you've heard. Very, very emotional, uh, very troubling uh, to the ear and to the heart as we talk about the suffering of these folks behind the wall in the solitary confinement. And I'll let you introduce yourself and, and tell us how you have digged into this topic and uh, talk to our listeners for a few moments, would you? Okay, yes, of course. Um, well, first off, I don't profess to be... Uh, an expert on this topic, but it is something I've been personally interested in. And uh, for the paper that I work for, I write a weekly column on Fridays, and I was my interest was struck by a New York Times article by Erica Good, and um, it was called "Solitary Confinement: Punished for Life." And what drew me in was a quote from a social psychologist named Craig Haney who had visited inmates in solitary confinement at the Pelican Bay State Prison. And uh, he described that experience as being a social death for uh, those who were prescribed that punishment. And uh, that just really irked me. And I decided that I would dig into it, so to speak, and write a column about what an injustice it is and, and my thoughts on it. And and uh, Lana, as you begin to dig, as you say, into this, how troubled are you? And it, it's good to hear you from a perspective of a of a journalist, a writer, a reporter, from your view, viewpoint, because you probably write about a lot of things and you've seen a lot of things, I'm sure, uh, in your in your work. How troubling is this to you as an individual and as a reporter that something of this magnitude is happening in a place? that we call America, the land of the free. Yeah, it is very troubling. Um, personally, uh, I really was also interested uh, during college whenever I had political theory classes uh, for my major, for political science. We always discussed how social humans are by nature. And so this right here, this punishment just, messes with the very nature of human beings whenever you take them out of the social setting. And uh, so that's that's really troubling to me. And then as a reporter, you would like to think that um, our justice system is what it portrays itself to be, a very just system. But uh, that's not always the case, I'm beginning to find out. And uh, that's certainly not the case whenever it comes to punishing, so to speak, prisoners with solitary confinement. No, and uh, I think you're, you've, you've hit it right on uh, in regards to 
uh, a system that has the you know it's getting to the point certain things can have a perception of something and people believe it America's in a mm-hmm. position now even the perception now they don't have that to hang on to anymore because we see these horrors we see these acts on a consistent basis now in our judicial system so the perception now is even changing to a negative and it is so blatant what is going on and my thoughts are when does America get tired of the body bags an 18 year old boy in Rikers Island who should have never been there kills himself after being in solitary confinement and on the video they show an officer dragging him by the back of his jumpsuit all over the floor like he was a broom. A teenager. That is deeply disturbing. Deeply disturbing when you hear that. And I think what you're doing, and, and like you said, uh, your your words, this situation as you began to dig, it really bothered you. We need more people to get bothered. And I think what you're doing in writing your column and being a voice and having a platform there uh, is, is critically important uh, to, to making, hopefully, America wake up. You know, and I, I said this on the top of the show that we claim that we don't torture prisoners of war, our enemies. We say we don't torture. That's been proven to not be true. But now we we torture within our own country how sick is that I, I don't <laughs> very much so Sam had something and for you no go ahead Lana please oh wait sorry I was just going to uh, say one thing I regret not being able to add into my column because uh, I'm confined to a very small space in the newspaper but I wish I could have offered some sort of solution uh, that's another problem we know it's a problem but what is the solution and And I've been thinking about this ever since I wrote about it. And really, it's going to take a reform in thinking, I think. Um, I I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong or feel free to disagree, but solitary just seems to be such a low-hanging fruit for a way to punish inmates. And, you know, maybe there was some behavioral issues in a social setting in the beginning. And then you put them in solitary confinement and you create more issues on top of that. And then you get so far away that that person, I mean, you may never be able to help them um, fix their problems. Or, I mean, it just becomes a never-ending cycle. I mean, it's almost like a death sentence to them. Absolutely. Uh, No, absolutely, Lana. I totally agree with you. Sam? Uh, Lana, thank you for joining us. This is Sam. Um, I read that same article that you're talking about uh, in the New York Times, and uh, it's you know a couple of points I want to make, and, and just piggybacking off of something that you just said is that the, the low hanging fruit, and that it's a situation where you know people can be thrown in solitary confinement, and you know for some you know for some reason, uh, not always justifiable, uh, and with the horrendous results, uh, you can you can go as far as saying that none of it is justifiable. But to just leave them there and the impact psychologically that it could have on a person could be irreversible. And just looking at some of the things that Mr. Haney uh, wrote in uh, the social psychologist who wrote uh, uh, shared his, his findings in that article, 
you know, two things. You know, he initially went to Pelican Bay in 1993. He went back recently and found that some of the same inmates that were in solitary confinement in 1993 are still in solitary confinement two decades later. And to your point, uh, as far as the, the, the impact that it could have on an inmate, and to a certain ex- extent, just the acceptance of this is the way it is, one of the inmates that he interviewed uh, did an analogy, and you probably saw this, and uh, it was an older inmate, and he made the comment. He said, if you put a parakeet in a cage for years and you take him out, it'll die. So I just stay in my cage. Yes, That's I remember sad... that. That was the second thing that drew me in. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, that, that statement alone is kind of one of those things that, you know, they're going to treat me like an animal. My survival rate is probably a little bit higher if I just stay in my cage because if I go out, I'm going to die. Well, what can they do? What can they do to not have to be in that situation? They have no freedoms, it seems, to get out of it, you know? Well, like you said, there's no, there are no programs. There is absolutely nothing. And I go back to the article that Cliff was sharing earlier in the program where, uh, you know, uh, the inmates in the uh, in the article in vice.com uh, where they were saying that you know it's a joke as far as you know when when BOP talks about programs that are available you got 7 billion dollars at the federal level and you're doing nothing with it but you're destroying people's lives yeah it seems to be the easy option um which you know I'm no corrections expert or I haven't talked to a corrections officer about this but I mean, it just seems to be the easy option. If we put them in solitary confinement, then we don't have to worry about it anymore. And that's not a very human approach at all to this problem. Not at all, Lana. And ladies and gentlemen of America, we're getting, Lana, we're getting ready to play a clip. And I warn you, what you're going to hear will sound like a lot of confusion. But what I give you right now are the sounds of solitary confinement. And I'm going to get your thoughts, Lana, when we come back. Here's that clip.
And Lana and uh, wow, when you hear that, Lana, does that sound like a place where humans are housed? Absolutely, absolutely not. Um, it sounds. <laughs> Sorry. What does that? How does that make you feel when you hear something like that? And that's where human beings are crying and banging on walls and slamming their heads to the, on the doors, sometimes to bleeding. When you hear that, what does that do to you? Well, I guess when I was listening to it, I was trying to somewhat imagine what it would be like to be in that situation. You almost don't blame them for... It, it sounds like, you know, they're banging on the doors like they want to get out. You know, who would want to be there? But also, I mean... How scary would that be for not just them, but even the other inmates in neighboring cells, you know? I I just can't imagine what that would be like. It is heart-wrenching. Lisa, as I observe everybody in this studio at at a loss of words, that's these are human beings howling like wolves. This is in an American prison? Lisa, your thoughts? They put people in prisons for mistreating animals. Okay, if you are cruel to an animal, they lock you up. But they take the, our citizens because they, some of them have, some of them haven't done something wrong. And they put you in a situation, I mean, in those kind of situation in that kind of circumstance where they're not helping anybody. No. No study that you look at on solitary confinement is showing any kind of improvement in any level as a result of putting men in solitary confinement. All they're showing is an increase in violence. When people, and our research team had sent something over earlier saying that when uh, they reduced the number of inmates that they were putting in solitary confinement, the 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 the, the violence went down in the prison. So, if somebody explained to me, make me understand how it is that they continue to put more and more people in solitary confinement when it's doing nothing positive. There is nothing positive about it. You're already being punished. Okay. If you committed a crime, you're being punished. Why then do I feel the need, as as these officials in these prisons, why do I feel the need to torture you further? You're already locked up. You're already away from your family. You're already away from society. You're already basically caged like an animal already. But then they want to take that one step further and actually treat you worse than they treat animals in this country. It's ridiculous. Well, it doesn't sound real, uh, Lisa, and I, I echo your uh, sentiment here. And, Lana, I'll tell you, keep doing what you're doing and uh, keep being a voice behind the pen. Uh, hopefully that will spark change in this country. Uh, tonight is a show that leaves you speechless, but yet you have to keep talking because this is happening. This is not a fairy tale or a Hollywood production. This is a reality. What you heard was not an act. A an, an act. 
it was actually real life. And Lana, what I'd like to do um, is give the folks uh, an opportunity of how they can get back a hold of you. I, we, we thank you so much for joining us, and I'll give you an opportunity to give your closing thoughts on on, on this program. Uh, we will post your information on our website for people to get a hold of you as well. What are your closing thoughts in, uh, of this issue that we have dealt in tonight? Um, of course. Well, first, I think Lisa made a very good key point, especially as a journalist who's you know, job for reporting is based off of research. No study has showed that solitary confinement accomplishes anything positive for anybody. Uh, I think that's that's very telling in itself. And um, I, I agree. We just we need to continue this conversation. I think that more people are starting to realize it's a problem, and we now need to also be looking at reforms and solutions and programs, just anything that we can do to get away from this cruel and unusual type punishment. And and in your thoughts, Lana, what would be in your in your opinion, what would you think may be one of the solutions that could get us out of this mess uh of this type of treatment of, of human beings? How do we get back? What do you have any solutions in mind? Yeah, I've I've been trying to think this, and I've been mulling it over in my head, especially the past few nights. And um, like I said, it's going to have to just take a collective shift in thinking um, for everybody involved, not just legislators or members of Congress, but also those who work in the justice system, who work in corrections facilities. Um, Sort of maybe even similar to the way that more people are warming up to the idea of rehabilitation for people with drug offenses. You know, maybe we should look at some sort of maybe individual type counseling, maybe address the actual behavioral problems at hand instead of shoving somebody in a dark cell. That's the only thing that I can think of immediately. No, and and that's where it starts, Uh, uh, us working together. And and Lana at AJC Radio, uh, let, let's you and I and, and our, the agency radio team and a Just Cause organization uh, continue to work together to stay in touch, to keep that lines of communication open as we seek an answer together uh, to bring an end to this cruelty uh, that's in America right now. And uh, I can tell you we'll be here for you uh, in supporting what you're doing. And uh, we thank you so much for supporting us and coming on this program tonight. And uh, I'll be, uh, we'll be in touch with you offline and tell you some other uh, issues. Uh, one uh, issue uh, regarding the IRP-6, six men wrongfully convicted sitting in prison and were threatened with solitary confinement consistently uh, just as a uh, act by COs that want to just mess with you and harass you. Six patriots of America who should never be in a prison cell tonight, the IRP-6. Sam, who are they and what are their names? Yeah, Lamont, we're looking at David Banks, Clinton Stewart, Demetrius Harper, Kendrick Barnes, Dave Zapolo, and Gary Walker. And like you said, you know, they have now been wrongly incarcerated for over three years. And um, just, you know, folks need to go out to uh, www.freetheirp6.org. Again, freetheirp6.org for more information on this case. 
and uh, even look up uh, press releases about it and, and to your point about the, the use of solitary confinement. And thrown in the hole. Yeah. For, for no for, reason. For, for uh, under the auspice of uh, medical conditions. So it, it, and so, you know, it's, it's crazy. It, it's a bigger problem, Lon, as you said. We have to deal with that. And when you got six people, and not only six, there's innocent people sitting in prison every day. I was one of them that set seven years for something I didn't do. And I spent a stretch of 65 days in solitary confinement at one time, uh, not to count the other number of times I was put in the hole. And in closing, line, before I let you go, uh, went to the hole. And this is how they humiliate you when they take you to the hole. They make you take your, they chain you from your feet all the way to your waist. And they tell you, you can't take, you cannot, we cannot uncuff you until you get out of your clothes. So you're standing there wrapped in chains, naked, and you can't even hardly move because you're handcuffed at your waist and your ankles. And they say, now you got to get out of that before we can take the cuffs off. This is the type of mental and emotional dr- trauma that they put a person through. This, this, is, this is a problem. I, I thank you so very much for your perspective uh, and your insight on this story, Lana. I appreciate it. And... Uh, how can folks get a hold of you if they need to reach you? Uh, yes. Well, first, thank you for generating this discussion, and I'm very sorry for what you had to go through. Um, to get a hold of me, uh, you can, anybody can look me up on Twitter. It's a rather long name, so it's not very Twitter-friendly, but it's my first and last name combined, which is Lana Bellamy, underscore D-I for Daily Independent, which is the newspaper that I write for. And... Uh, I can also be reached on email. My personal email is lanabellamy at yahoo.com. Okay. Lana, thank you so much uh, uh, for taking time with us tonight. You've been a delight, and, and your insight means a great deal to us. We will definitely be in touch as we work together as advocates for justice and to bring about and facilitate change. Thank you so much. Have a great and safe evening, okay? Thank you for having me. You all have a great evening, too. You're welcome. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen of America, there you have it. Uh, this is a show that will take it out of you. Lisa, if you look around this studio tonight, folks are... You don't have the words to describe. The, the, the feeling in this studio tonight is that of shock Uh, unbelief that this is occurring in a place we call America. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you right now, if you think this is a joke, we got news for you. It definitely is not. Please do what you can to get into this fight against injustice, solitary confinement. And I think he made a good point, Cliff, uh, when he said, if you take a kid and lock him in a room, and go here, America, if you will, little Johnny that you just put his Batman pajamas on, or little Susie with the Barbie doll next to her, you put her in the bathroom, and you leave her there for 23 hours. You lock her in there or him in there. You throw maybe a piece of bread under the door, maybe a cup of juice or whatever you want to do, and you leave them there 23 hours. And you go back, and this is day after day after day. I can tell you right now what would happen to you once it became knowledge. You would be 
put in prison so quick. That's a Stephen King movie right there. Right? I mean, just... They wouldn't hesitate to come and get you. The visuals that you just laid out there, Lamont. But think about that. What if that's your son, your daughter? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, these are people, human beings, thrown in a room and left to care for themselves. And we wonder why... Suicides happened. This 18-year-old boy, Sam, we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. He spent how much time in solitary confinement on Rikers Island? Well, first of all, they, he wasn't even he wasn't even convicted. convicted of anything. He wasn't even convicted. He wasn't even and and he he went as you said, he was a juvenile. And wasn't it like three years? Three yeah, years three in solitary confinement. Yeah, three years. You stripped him of everything that he whatever this any hope hope this man had this young boy. You stripped him of it. And he took his life because he could not deal. America must give an account. They must be answerable to that fact. Well, you know, Lamont, uh, I would encourage everyone to go out to uh, to uh, take a look at the work that Ramon Hamilton and William Brown uh, that uh, Ramon had put together and go out to their website. And uh, that's think10mediagroup.com. Uh, and as you said, I mean, that, that film, uh, The Whole... It'll do something to you. Yes, it will. And as you just talked about, you sharing your story, and then uh, William Brown, I mean, uh, he took everybody in the studio somewhere. He took us there. He he took us somewhere. And I think he took the entire listening audience somewhere that, uh, you know, it it leaves an an indelible image. Absolutely. That you can't, you know, if if it didn't touch you, you're not, you're not, uh, something's wrong. You're not alive. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio. We're going to take a quick break and do a wrap-up. Folks, solitary confinement, confinement, excuse me, as AJC Radio walks the corridors of the whole. We'll be right back. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who is innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongly convicted of crimes that they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause, toll free, at 1-855-529-4252. Again, 1-855-529-4252. Or visit www.a-justcause.com and click the donate button. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. A just cause is a 501c3. Did you ever have something you ever wanted to do as a child? Be an astronaut, be a doctor? I always wanted to be a police officer. And there's a strong sense of pride in being a police officer. You know, I just thought that just to stop people from the heck of it is just not logical. 
we no more want to accuse someone or charge somebody with a crime that they didn't do any more than they want to be charged with it. So uh, we take that responsibility, especially with sexual assaults, very seriously. I think my greatest fear, or one of the greatest fears that many investigators experience is, is uh, convicting the wrong person. As police officers, one of the things that we're always very concerned about is uh, the potential that we have for putting an innocent person into jail if we do not do our job properly. It's a product for us to know that we did our job properly and that justice is being done. Being done. Picture this, a 75-year-old man convicted of murder waiting for his trial to finally go through. He's been on death row for 25 years now and finds out he's been wrongfully convicted and is completely innocent. Not only does this mean that 25 years of his life have been spent in jail for no reason, but that the actual murderer could still be out there right now. The bad thing is that this exact thing happens more often than you think, but you can help stop it by supporting our campaign to abolish the death penalty. Silent detection filing is driving me crazy. I don't understand how someone can subject another human being to this type of punishment and think that it's justified. It is totally inhumane. There's no way around it. You know, you really don't truly understand the impact of removing someone from human contact for years. It could even be for weeks, but it has a, it has a, a negative effect on that person. contact, like I said, we're built for that and it's so important and it's like it's like totally removing someone from society and putting them in a dark hole right? and everybody's walking over it and he's shouting from the bottom of that hole but nobody hears it and it's dark down there it just drives you crazy and I've experienced that so many times where I'm shouting I'm there, I want, I want somebody to just you know, come talk to me. You know, just you know, take my hand. Something, you know, because you, you urge for that. And I couldn't beat it. You know, so you have to start playing uh, uh, tricks with your own mind. You know, just you know, try to survive this thing. I, I feel as though that I went through this to be here to share it with you all. And let you all know that what we're doing to prison and to guys and Solitary confinement is totally inhumane. We're driving people crazy. And this is our criminal justice system that's supposed to serve and protect us. But we are literally driving men insane. And those that are already insane, we're just putting them in the casket. That's all we do. There's no rehabilitation. There's no such thing as justice in an unjust environment. You can't get there. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio coming back with you tonight uh, as we visit the halls of solitary confinement and a gentleman speaking on his own experience of what he felt as he was grasping Lisa Cliff, Sam, for some sense of hope. And he said, you just couldn't find it. Wanting someone to come and 
Will somebody just hold my hand? Will somebody just talk to me? This is this is uncomprehendable that human beings in a society where we talk about caring for our fellow man, we leave these men and children in a cell to die. And they don't have to physically die, yet some of them have. But they have shut down mentally. How, as a society, can we go to sleep at night knowing that we're doing this to our own people? Cliff? On the as sad as all of this is, I think um, the thing that gets me, I mean, we have uh, elected officials that we put into place, and then we have those that they um, they place in their cabinet under their command uh, that they trust. And when you look at you look at this whole solitary confinement issue and how Congress is trying to get rid of it, how they're trying to reform the entire criminal justice system, how they're trying to get answers from the Bureau of Prisons about the things that go on that uh, even though a man may have committed a crime, there still are citizens, they're still Americans, they still have their constitutional rights, uh, they're still our brothers. And the, the thing that troubles me so much is that, uh, you know, I got to go back to Director Samuels, how he could get up in front of Congress, in front of the American people. And all the pain that we heard tonight, he said, "There, we don't do that. The Bureau of Prisons does not and has never put men through this type of pain. Has never made a a, a man, um, you know, like like William Brown, who was on the show tonight. He basically said, we've never done that to a man. We've never made a man feel this type of emotion, this type of pain. That's not what Bureau of Prisons is about. When he was given a chance to correct it, by uh, by Congressman Book, given a chance to correct it, he he defended it, saying, "No, we do not do that at Bureau of Prisons." And and as I read earlier, you know, his in his own words in 2012, he said that he uses solitary confinement for sure. the worst of the worst. But studies show it doesn't help anything. And then he comes back last week and says, "No, we don't use it, and we never have." He needs to be brought up on charges for lying in front of Congress. He needs to be dealt with so that possibly the system can get better and as long as we have the officials those who run the system continuing the culture i mean this is a culture of torture that that's the bottom line as long as they continue that culture we'll never we'll never get any change we'll never get any better and then that's horrible um i remember at one stint that i went into the hole i was so cold uh, it had to be about maybe february and uh, I asked the guard, I said, can you please close the window? I said, and I need my blanket uh, from upstairs. I didn't have a blanket. I didn't have a mattress. I had a cement uh, bed coming out the wall. I didn't get my stuff to about 3 a.m. that morning. And I laid there trying to deal that I remember when it wasn't like this. And I'm one person. Many have suffered at that fact. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AJC Radio as we have visited a place that very few people want to visit, that very few people survive. And uh, 
let us be conscious of this show tonight. And remember, this is somebody's family member, somebody's loved one, someone's friend that has suffered at the hand of a system that is failing daily. And it is our job uh, to address it. And uh, folks, uh, Sam, Lisa, Cliff, uh, as we come to the end of another uh, show, uh, I'm at a loss. I really am. Um, Tonight when you lay down, ladies and gentlemen of America, on your pillow, think about those young men and women, boys and girls, that may be in a facility that they cannot hardly survive. Think of them tonight as you lay under the window and under the blanket of freedom. And uh, Sam, let's go to wrap up. Uh, just to add to what you were just saying, and and uh, I have chills right now, and you know, like hair standing up on my arms. And I was just reading something here in sol- uh, that I found on Solitary Watch, and it really, I think this this statement makes a uh, a sad summary of, of the state of affairs in our nation, but. It says that the degree of civilization in a society can be judged by entering its prisons. And so, you know, what does that say about us? Um, At any rate, uh, Lamont, for uh, archives of tonight's program, and folks will definitely want to go and listen to it if they join us late. You want to go to AJCRadio.com. Again, AJCRadio.com. Or you can go to live365.com for 24 by 7 programming and any of our other programs. Uh, this one was definitely, uh, this one goes in the record books as a powerful one. On Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, you can go to the Progressive Radio Network. And you can get there by going to prn.fm. Or for on-demand programming, go to the405radio.com and iTunes. We ask that you like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You'll never go wrong. You can stay up to date. Uh, on everything that's going on with AJC. All right, Sam, thank you for that. And uh, we talked about the IRP-6, those who have suffered a great injustice and uh, have been wrongfully convicted, and there are those that are responsible for that injustice. Lisa, who are they? Well, we have our U.S. Attorney John Walsh, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirk, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg, Federal Judge Christine Arguello, Appellate Judge Jerome Holmes, Appellate Judge Bobby Baldock, Appellate Judge Harris Hart, Federal Judge R. Brooke Jackson, Magistrate Judge Craig Schaefer, Court Reporter Darlene Martinez, FBI Agent John Smith, FBI Agent Robert Moen, Former Federal Agent John Epke, Former Federal Agent Gary Hilberry, Attorney Thomas Goodread, Attorney Clifford Barnard, Attorney Thomas Richard, Attorney Robert Berger, Attorney Mitchell Baker, Attorney Boston Stanton Jr., Attorney Rick Kornfeld, Attorney Mark Garagos, and President of ETI Professional Services, Susan Holland. Thank you, Lisa. Cliff? Yes, what a night. I want to say thank you to all of our guests, William Brown, Ramon Hamilton, and Lana Bellamy. We appreciate you guys taking a little bit of time out of your nights to uh, spend with us here on AJC Radio. We also want to say thank you to our production team. We got Captain Kyle and Dustin Jackson of K&D Productions. And they have the Honeycomb Kids. They're out there in the back, and they uh, are really taking control of what's going on right now. 
We also have our production support team. They give us accurate, up-to-date information so that we can bring the facts to you in a timely fashion. To the truth, we know that you're always out there and you inspire us. We appreciate it. Okay, folks, ladies and gentlemen of America, tonight we have walked the dark roads of solitary confinement, and it's been a tough journey. But I'll tell you right now, uh, this information and this journey needed to be taken. We ask tonight, somewhere as you close the night and you awake to another day, there's someone in a dark room tonight crying for help. America must answer that call. This is AJC Radio, bringing the message of justice all around the world. Good night, America. Good night. Good night. The American prison system is broken. Its latest victim was 22-year-old Kadik Browder, who hung himself last weekend after spending three years in jail at Rikers Island, two of them in solitary confinement. Now, the worst part is he was accused of stealing a backpack. He denied it, but because his family didn't have the money to bail him out, the 16-year-old boy was forced to wait with no charge for years and suffer abuse and brutality while awaiting trial. Now, this video from behind bars shows a guard brutally handling Khabib, seemingly without any kind of resistance. And here's another incident where he was brutally beaten by other inmates. It's said that incidents like this took place several times. Well, others will see justice after decades of darkness. A man who spent the past 43 years in solitary confinement is set to be released following a ruling by a U.S. federal judge. Albert Woodfox was initially convicted of armed robbery. Amnesty International has praised the verdict, calling it a triumph of justice. Albert ended up in isolation over allegations he had killed a prison guard, something that was never proven. For more than four decades, he spent 23 hours a day in a windowless cell the size of a small closet. Albert was denied human contact, even during meals. Again, 43 years. The segregation also left him without access to books or religious activities. Well, the conditions he endured and his entire case have been widely condemned. And yet, days after the court ruling to free him, Albert is still in solitary confinement. We are visiting with these, uh, with these individuals. Um, and I've said this before. When they describe their youth and their childhood, these are, these are young people who made mistakes that aren't that different than the mistakes I made and the mistakes that a lot of you guys made. The difference is they did not have the kind of support structures, the second chances, the resources uh, that would allow them to survive those mistakes. And, and uh, you know, I think we have a tendency sometimes to uh, uh, almost take for granted or think it's normal that so many young people end up in our criminal justice. It's not normal. It's not what happens in other countries. What is normal is teenagers doing stupid things. What is normal is young people uh, making mistakes. And we've got to be able to distinguish between dangerous individuals 
we need to be incapacitated versus young people who are in an environment in which uh, they are adapting, but if given different opportunities, a different vision of life, uh, could be thriving the way we are. but for the grace of God. And, and, and that, I think, is something that we all...